From the studios of Harbor Park Health and Fitness, it's time for yet another edition of Hey Health Matters, a very special edition. In fact, I'm Pete. I'm Jason. And Dustin. Dustin makes his triumphant return to Hey Health Matters, our most frequent guest, uh, I would say. So the, the only guest as of right now? As of right now, but you know, we're evolving over time, uh, as we do. And the reason why Dustin is on the show today is because, well, we outsourced our topic to him. Well, let us outsource the content, too. <laughs> so uh, welcome aboard. And what is, Dusty, our topic for today? Having a positive mindset and positive self-talk. As it, as it relates to working out. Well, I mean, not necessarily. I think what I've noticed in my life is how my... I kind of needed to figure it out for working out and then it kind of evolved into the other areas of my life. Yeah. Um, for a lot of people it is discovered through the physical, physical struggle. Um, some it's not some people they, you know, stumble upon it, but that's, uh, that's where I learned it from. It's definitely from putting your mind, bringing your, you know, pushing your limits, bringing your mind to the test picking that bar up before you want to row a little bit harder very fitting um considering today's workout and and it seems to me too like applying that outside of the gym um you know if you are if whatever it is in life you're trying to accomplish you're probably not going to succeed multiple times before you do actually do succeed and so taking that that positive mindset no matter how much negative you absorb but always trying to come back to that that positive spot in your mind, whatever that is. Uh, right. Like I I mentioned last time on the uh, when I was on here, um, a baby falls down when it's learning to walk. It never thinks I'm oh, I'm just not walking's not for me. You know, it never it doesn't occur. It's a learned behavior, and you can unlearn it. Um, just <laughs> whether it's physically or if, with anything in life, you know, but those who say they can't and can and can are both usually right you know how many times have you said oh this is probably going to happen and then by by magic you manifested it talk about that a little bit because i've been i've been looking in this idea of manifesting things and boy that sounds like woo to me <laughs> all right i'll just be very honest with yeah. you it sounds like woo but on the other hand people really swear that if they 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 picture it, they're positive about it, take the concrete steps you need, yes, but the mindset seems to be what they think is the pivotal thing in getting what they want or achieving what they want to achieve. Right. So it's maybe not so much the actual concrete action of you thinking that way, but if you put that into your subconscious, your habits will start to form. You will start interacting with people in a way more positively or just in a, a different way and it, you're much more likely to get the outcome you want. Now you're not going to say, I want to be a billionaire and it's going to happen tomorrow. You're still going to have to put in the work. Um, but through those interactions and through, if you have that mindset, maybe you look into an opportunity that you might've been like, ah, no, that's never going to work out. And then it does. Right. And the way I kind of think about it is, you know, and we've Dusty, we've talked about it like affirmations before and when when you put that kind of seed 
into your your subconscious that's what it is is a seed and then you nurture it and your subconscious I should say your subconscious develops it and then like you said your habits start to change to what they need to to achieve whatever that thing is you know if, if it's a specific fitness goal or or weight loss or financial or whatever um your your subconscious makes the adjustments kind of behind the scenes um and that's kind of the the power behind manifesting and in the affirmations so i can't just imagine i'm going to get a text message from a pretty girl and it's going to happen right <laughs> it doesn't it doesn't uh it's not magic like that sense but it is instilling in you if I'm understanding this correctly, what you would need to do to take those positive steps. Well, again, whether it's in the gym, career wise, whatever it might be. Right. Um, you know, I, I, here's a crazy thing is, is there was an exercise and it was like, write down all the most important things to you and, and like your potential future wife. Okay. So you write them all down. Um, and I did this thing mm -hmm. and, I'm willing to bet if I look at my wife now in that list, which I made like five to 10 years ago, they're pretty like spot on. I'm willing to bet if you find that list, it better be spot on. <laughs> um, but it's kind of crazy. Like you write this list and then the exact thing comes and, you know, yeah, obviously you have to put yourself in a position. Like if, if I was not in a position to meet her, then yeah, it's, it can't happen. She's not going to just manifest my phone number and call me. <laughs> but I think the thing is you put it in your subconscious and then your brain subconsciously or your, your mind knows what you want and, and what to go for. So um, I actually like that example because it's not fitness related. Um, so with that, like man, that girl manifesting and all of a sudden having your phone number, right? That's not going to happen. But if you tell yourself right there's there's two options so you the big thing i've been trying to put into my classes is coaching the positive okay so i don't say oh i don't want to be bad at talking to girls anymore i say i'm going to be good at talking to girls right and if you that's maybe not so much an affirmation but if you put that in your subconscious and you keep telling yourself that hey i'm good at this even if you're not, you might, you know, you might have to fake it till you make it a little bit. Your the confidence that is subconsciously in you is you're going to present yourself better, and maybe you're going to have that little smidgen of hope that like, hey, maybe this girl will pay attention to me. And then you go talk to her, and then you guys end up hitting it off. Where before, if you're like, oh, I'm terrible at talking to girls, I don't have a snowball's chance in hell. <laughs> you you know you ignore her, then you never meet her, then she never texts you, and then you never get married. Right. Let's uh, considering that we're not a relationship advice podcast. But well, it's, we, it's a we, real life example. Right. Yeah, exactly. I know, I know. Well, uh, I, I because when we he brought up the, the the manifesting idea and there's a lot of bad ways people think about manifesting. So that was just the one. Right. Kind of the one relationship example. But you can apply it into the fitness. Thing right. As and that's well. what I was going to say is, is so. how, you know, someone's listening and they're thinking, OK, great. You know, I, I already have a wife. <laughs> well, what? perfect. I'm I'm terrible at squat snatches. How many times have you heard that? Oh, all the time. Right? Oh, I'm terrible or at that. More I can't do pull ups. Right. So if you're like so even if you can't, even like I said, even if you don't think you have a chance at it, right? Like 
one you you know you're just, i my goal is one pull up right the big f the affirmation thing at least with the stoics so you say a quality you want in yourself you repeat it 10 times in the morning when you're looking at yourself in the mirror and then you know slowly over time you'll subconsciously develop that trait um you have to actively practice it right, does you will falter you will have bad days you will have days where like this doesn't work um, but with and that little bit of progress real quick to start, you're going to be like, this is weird. Why am I doing oh, yeah. this? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It, you know, it feels weird. Yeah. Um, but you know, if I'm bad at pull-ups, I can't do pull-ups. Gymnastics isn't for me. Um, you know, small steps, actionable steps, make a plan along with manifesting that like I am good at gymnastics. I can do this. My body can do great things and you will build over time into Right. From ring rows, right. feet elevated ring rows, pull-up negatives, banded pull-ups to pull-ups. So, you know, taking a step back, Pete, you kind of talked about, <clears throat> like, if you want something, it's not just going to mat- poof out of thin air. You know? Right, because so, I, I think that would be my maybe perhaps wrong working definition of manifesting right. up until very recently. You you need to put in the reps, so to speak. And so the hard to work. Dusty's point there need to go in understanding okay i'm gonna to have to work through these progressions i can be good at gymnastics at you know at some point in the future mm-hmm. and you should be saying you know i am good I'm, I'm learning you know and and then you have to go in and do it the other thing i reflect back on from time to time is if you have made improvements i think you have to give yourself credit for that and and i'm not saying like overly pat yourself on the back and say how great i am but recognize when you started where you were and where you are now and if there is marked improvement there you say and maybe this goes into the self-talk where you say hey you know what um i can do this you know and you can start to reinforce the positive things that way as you look at your improvement over time right right you know i i have a really interesting example real quick that is i've kind of lived with this for a long time and I think a lot of people might be able to relate to it and Dusty can can probably verify this for years and years and years um, I've always wanted to lean out but I've always said you know, well I'm Italian like I'm going to eat <laughs> crappy food like right, on that's Sundays that's not a real excuse that's Dang just it. what we do is we <laughs> eat like crap and I've always used that as a crutch and kind of, you know, an excuse. Um, And that's an example of a kind of like a negative mindset. Um, I don't know what the the right word for it is, but just... Maybe like a negative reinforcement almost. Yeah. Um, And then finally, just this year, I kind of was, I was able to get rid of that, Um, you know, and I kind of shed that, that, um, that hurdle or that limiting mindset that you just said, um, Pete, and you know, I've, I've had way better success. You know, I'm actually making progress on my composition that I haven't in a, in a long time. Um, and the the key thing was just, you know, allowing myself to to think outside of the box and say, you know, maybe this limiting belief is not true. And that kind of goes back to, you know, what Dusty was saying about gymnastics or, or like the squat snatches. 
Like even if you tell yourself yourself that you can't do something, maybe you're lying to yourself. You know, maybe you're not saying you're not giving yourself the the the, the truth. So, um, with affirmations and manifestations, um, there is positive and negative, just like positive and negative self-talk. I would classify that as a negative affirmation, right? right? It's not a good thing, but you tell it to yourself. So therefore it happens. Right. Oh, I can't lean out because I'm Italian. It's my genetics, blah, blah, blah. And lo and behold, it takes course. And you start, you know, you, you flip the script on that and you tell yourself, well, I can lean out, you know, I can do that. My genetics don't, it's a, you know, it'll leave you predisposed to certain things, but they're not absolute. Right. Um, If I listened to my genetics, I would be 115 pounds skinny. I wouldn't listen, you know, weak, sickly, (laughs) you know. Um, One quote that helps me a lot is, um, if it is humanly possible, you can do it too, right? If a human has done it before, you're capable. Now, are you going to be a rocket scientist? Are you going to be an engineer? No. Are you going to be a a CrossFit games athlete, probably not, but you can get better, right? If it, if you work hard enough, if you believe in it, truly believe in it, not just tell yourself you believe in it, you can accomplish great things. And I'm um, going back a few minutes ago to you saying that people discount their successes. Mm-hmm. Um, that is huge. Now you don't want to go around and like, I'm the greatest. You, the be all end all. Right. you won't have friends, but <laughs> you, so many people sell their accomplishments short. They do their first like feet elevated ring row. They do their first pull up negative. That's five seconds. Well, I can't do a muscle up. Well, no, but how hard did you work for that pull up negative? Right. It's all relative. You know, another, we're kind of just going all over the place here, but maybe we'll, we'll get a, a it's linear path coming uh, soon. Um, one, th- this is you know Dove, like the the cosmetic company that make like soap and, and hair products. They did this um, experiment where they had a sketch artist and they had two random people meet each other briefly, and then they'd call one of them back and say, "Describe yourself to me, like your face." To, to not to me, but the sketch artist. So they, they describe themselves and he draw it and they say, describe the other person that you saw. You know, they only saw each other for five minutes or whatever. And they did this with like 20 people. Every single one of them, when they saw what the sketch artist drew of themselves, was like ugly and, and, you know, like fat and obese, um, and kind of like sad looking. And then when they looked at how they described the other person was like happy, skinny, you know, like a lot more um, glowing, uh, quote unquote. Right. And it was just so interesting. Like everyone sees everyone else in such a positive light, but then they see themselves in such a negative light. And that really stuck around with me. Um, that, yeah, the negative self-talk or like negative self-image I don't know if it's more prevalent today because of social media or if it's just more in our face. But if people, if nine times out of 10, if somebody talked to themselves, if they talked like that to another person, 
they would get into they would get into a fight right right um the way people talk to themselves is horrendous um you you know everybody's comparing themselves to highlight reel version of themselves like that negative self-talk will absolutely undermine you in every aspect of your life so that makes me wonder like there's there's a balance between being hard on yourself right because you think about like the greats and any discipline right you have to be hard on yourself right so how do you be hard on yourself without being mean to yourself you know the magic question ah <laughs> uh, so you you got to separate your expectations from your self identity i am a great person i happen to have failed at this thing i was trying to right. do that is the biggest thing and a lot of people have that very much attached um and like i said if 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 you talk to me the way i talk to me i would not work here <laughs> right <laughs> i'm still working on that myself um, I very much attach myself to anything and everything I'm involved in. And I'm still trying to separate my expectations of me and my professional, personal life to who I am. Um, not to be biased, Aaron Rodgers is very good at this. Aaron Rodgers has, I'm sure, extreme expectations of himself. But if you watch that first game of the season, <laughs> right, he didn't, he didn't deflate. He didn't say, I'm a terrible quarterback and you know they've been six and zero since. Right. As of this, as of this recording, I don't know how many people are going to catch it before tonight. But, <laughs> but as of this recording, I want to jump back to this idea of of you know being all over the place. It seems to me like a lot of this is less of a straight line and more of a spiral, because I find myself coming back to things I thought about or I worked on maybe first as a teenager and then in my twenties, and now I come back to it in my thirties. And, you know, you get a little bit more experience, you get a little bit more life under your belt, and you see things differently, or maybe your previous experiences a little differently. And so you've come back to things over and over again, maybe not in a redundant way, but to say, I've learned a little bit more, and now I have this much more room for improvement that I can accomplish at this point in my life. Well, what's the old quote? Um, the, The fool thinks he knows it all, but the expert knows that there's so much he has yet to learn. Right. Something like that. Um, yeah, human growth. Um, when I was in high school, and not to get on another side tangent, but I feel like every time I'm on this podcast, the conversations happen like this. Okay. It's not like task, it's just like thought process. Um, but I had a high school teacher. I was I was being an asshole in class. And he's like, you know, you think you know it all because you're 17, right? Everybody does. He's like, I have forgotten more things than you know. <laughs> and I was, I, and it was like, I got goosebumps right now saying it. It tore it in a second. It changed my perspective. I was like, I don't know shit. Like, you know, cause you think you know it all. You think you've been through it all. You think you've had it hard. And then he's like, I've forgotten more things than you know. And I was like, oh my God. <laughs> you know, like, what are you supposed to do with that? I'm sitting there in English class, like looking at Mr. Haywood, like, you know, this guy has no idea. You just changed my entire life. <laughs> if he listens to the podcast, maybe, but, um, but 
I forgot what we were talking what, about. What do you think about the spiral as opposed to the linear? I don't – oh, okay. So I don't even know if it's – it's not necessarily – I don't know if it's a spiral, but maybe a continuum or, you know, you or a spider web. I don't know. I don't know how you'd actually quantify the shape. But you definitely, you know, you reflect on old experiences like, hey, maybe I was in the wrong, you know, right. with the new perspective. Like maybe that person wasn't so terrible in the moment, you know, you're like, oh, man, this guy's being a jerk to me. Like, blah, blah, blah. you know, consider, you know, the outside expectations he has of himself or how he feels about himself and, you know or how miserable their life might be. And it's probably doesn't even involve you. You probably just happen to be at the wrong place at the wrong time. And then you got the brunt end of, you know, months of anxiety and stress. Mm-hmm. And, you know, looking back, you know, where you before thought you, Oh, that guy's a jerk. I'm right. Like no one should act. No one person should act like that ever. You go back and like, well, maybe they weren't so bad. I think sometimes, Sometimes, too, I think that uh, we tend to personalize everything. The, the ego steps in and say, well, what, especially somebody else's behavior is all about me. And not to say we don't contribute sometimes with our own actions, but nine times out of ten, like you're saying, that person's got their own thing going on. Right. And generally speaking, we don't play as large in other people's thought processes as we think we do because sure. they're doing their own thing and they've got their own experiences and stress and anxiety they're, they're working through at so, that time. So, you know, to, to kind of give a real life example of that, as, as coaches, we oftentimes when someone has to leave the gym, you know, and cancel, that's the first thing we think of is like, what did we do wrong that this person is canceling? Like, what you know, did we drop the ball? Did we not meet their expectations? You know, and maybe it you know could be as simple as just their own personal situation, right? Um, so yeah, we, I mean, everyone carries their own baggage. Whatever you're carrying around, someone else is carrying their own stuff, and, and yeah, it's it's hard to step back first. But I think that's how the people who are the most successful in life are, are successful because they're able to not react in the moment when, when something happens, maybe they get some feelings like anyone does. You experience some feelings when something adverse happens, but then they're able to think through it logically. And I, I had a mentor once say, you know, like it's totally fine to have feelings, but it's not fine to necessarily act on those feelings or, or, to dwell on them, you know, either. Right. You can't help what you feel, but you can help what you keep around in your mind. You need to process them, find out the truth. And here's the other thing is the, the voice in your head doesn't necessarily know the truth. The, the voice in your head, some people call it the ego, whatever you want to call it. It has its own algorithm that it's processing through, right? Mm -hmm. It's basically trying to keep you safe and alive. So if it feels like you're doing something that's putting yourself in, in danger or jeopardy, it's going to try to protect you. An, an example of that is like people, a lot of people are afraid of confrontation um, because think about it, you know, back hundred years ago, not a hundred years ago, thousands of years ago, when we we're in tribe um, settlements, 
if you got into conflict and the the tribe kicked you out because you you know you're raising some issue or whatever you're on your own and, and you're going to die well it doesn't really work like that anymore but our subconscious and our our ego is still kind of wired to 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 protect us by avoiding the conflict i think that we've talked about in times when we, especially we do our nutrition based podcasts we talk about how our bodies developed for a world and like a food amount of food scarcity we just don't experience anymore and we have not adapted to our modern society the way we physically work and i think our minds are much the same way we developed for survival and survival in the group survival to get our genes into the next generation and not to be what we might define today as fully functional human beings <laughs> like that's not that wasn't the, the the point of survival anyway so we fall back on a lot of these a lot of the programming in our brain that was there by natural selection right it was a survival mechanism tens of thousands of years ago and before that we just don't need anymore and yet we're carrying all that right. baggage with us still and i think we're still as humans trying to figure out what it means to be human now that we're kind of past that basic survivalist stuff that got us only so far and now we have civilization and everything at least for the moment we, we have all of that so did did you were you talking about an interesting um thing about kind of like humans and purpose yesterday was that you um no but i believe in that um cool. i think i don't know um but i mean it might have been me i might have just forgot <laughs> someone said they were talking about like for the first however thousands of years that we were in existence the primary goal was survival right and then now that's not the primary goal anymore no now um, the primary goal is to find purpose yeah and i think that's where you could find a lot of these you know these dilemmas and problems and conflicts really because you're really fighting your ability to produce higher level thoughts and your your lizard brain that keeps you alive you know the thing that's just instincts survival proliferation of genes and i want to create this thing to do good for other people because really ten thousand years ago did you know favors to stick your neck out for somebody else it really didn't unless you know it got you status in your tribe um and i think that's where a lot of the conflict can come from and i think we're slowly adapting to our primary function no longer being proliferary proliferation of genes and a higher purpose for our fellow man and some people are much better at it than others <laughs> but um and that's you know that's direct conflict with your ego and it because your ego is like me 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 like what about us how are we going to survive we have to like almost make it take a back seat and be like well if we do this good thing for them long term or they'll come around and get us you know what um really helped me deal with my ego and, and the voice in my head was giving it a name and this was from my mentor from a while ago he made me name my my ego so whenever he's telling me something that voice in my head i named him timmy from remember <laughs> timmy from um uh, south park timmy timmy um because <coughs> then when he said something dumb i just thought about timmy from south park and i said well he doesn't know what he's talking about right um and that helped me 
to not be so emotional. Um, and I want I want to bring this back to working out because it, obviously that's why people are are listening. Um, and it, this is very important because that's what's talking to you. There, there's really two main aspects when when you're thinking about going to the gym, right? And when you're like looking at a workout, you're talking to yourself about that workout. Yep. And then during the workout, right? Those are the two main kind of your talk. Your 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 ego is talking to you um, times. So obviously, when when you're first looking at the workout, this is what we talked about before, Dustin. When you're saying, "Well, I can't do squat snatches," right? So how do we get over that so that a we're confident going to the gym, and then once once we're there, we'll we'll figure out how to talk about while we're in the workout and right. we're doing it. Um, yeah. Um. One peculiar thing I've been dealing with the last few months is not not anyone in particular, but people will come in and they will complain or they'll be like, I can't do this. I can't do that. And eventually I got fed up with it enough to be like, no one forced you to come here. Why'd you come? You know, you ask that question. Well, what made you decide to come here? Did you a not look at the workout? You, you know you got to work out. You know you got to do something. Stay healthy, fit. But why'd you come? Even if you can't do the things or if you knew you were going to have to scale back, why are we complaining about it? Um, a lot of... I have two big problems with complaining. One, it doesn't do anything for anybody. It doesn't. You know, gives you something, you know, gives you something to do. It doesn't take you anywhere. It's <laughs> like a rocking chair. Two, it ruins other people's workouts. If I, if me and you are in a class, me, you, and Peter are in a class, I'm like, man, my back is sore. Everybody did dumbbell snatch yesterday. My back just tight, sore. Maybe you're having a good day. Maybe you weren't even thinking about your back. Yeah, it's a little sore, but you're no. You're like, you know what? My back does hurt. Now all of a sudden, your workout is worse. Um, bringing it back mental not complaining is a learned practiced behavior you will have bad days you will have days where you fall back into your old habits but if you can try to improve that what you're not only going to make your workout better your workout will hands down be better even if it even if it comes to like you coming in and be like hey look my shoulders i can't do any of this like but I do want to work on my double unders because I haven't, I'm still trying to learn those. Even if you're doing something else and you're still involved with class, you are going to leave happier than sitting there and complaining or having a bad workout. And then everybody's workout is going to be better around you. And the whole thing will be more positive. Right. That's what I was going to say. I was going to say, what if, you know, you just find one thing in that workout. Yeah. Maybe you know that most of it's not going to go well. But if you can find one thing that's going to be a positive, that's what you focus on for the day. And then you don't even put pressure on whatever it is if you're not good at right. gymnastics stuff. Don't put pressure on it. Show up. Do the thing you want to improve. And then the rest is, is all good. Right. Well, I've, I've talked about this before, too. No one wants to look silly in front of other people. 
that's an ego thing. You don't want to look silly. You got to separate that. You got to separate one, maybe stop. This also takes practice. Don't put expectations on yourself. I'm going to come in and I'm going to sweat. That's it. That's the expectation. You can't say, I can't do muscle ups or like, oh, I did so much worse on those pull-ups than I thought I was going right. to do. That, that's a big one in CrossFit is, especially for the big workouts like Fran is, oh my God, I got to beat my Fran time today, which right. um, personally I've had a lot of trouble with that. Uh, but to your point, I got to a place where it just doesn't matter. Well, because on paper you look like, okay, I've been working out for a year and a half since my last friend. I should smash my old time. But maybe the last three months you've been dealing with a shoulder injury. Maybe you had a new baby and you're not sleeping so right. good. Maybe you're working through dietary changes. Logging workouts is great if you also include all of those life factors. A little journal, it's great. Um, that's... The notes and sugar wad kind of gets that done, but um, that's why, for most people, I you know a work an actual physical workout log is going to be better for you than just three three rounds two reps RX or two fifty nine Fran because it doesn't really quantify everything. Maybe you had a great three months of training prior to that two fifty nine Fran. Maybe you started school again, um, and then you know not putting those expectations on yourself. If you go in and even if you're slower, you're like, but you have that feeling like, man, I really, you know, yeah, my friend time was slower, but my thrusters were so much better. I'm a little bit heavier now, so my pull-ups are worse, so my time is slower, but, you know, you work on different aspects of things at different times. And, you know, if you can set expectations but not attach them to yourselves, hey, I want to do this in Fran, and then you fail well, what did I do wrong? It's a it's a logical step instead of like, I suck at CrossFit, I'm going to quit, or I'm a piece of shit. Right. One of the, the biggest things I like is kind of putting the, putting the value on the effort and not necessarily the outcome. That is the biggest thing that changed things for me especially when I made my transition from, cause I used to want to be a competitive athlete and like a top, top tier CrossFit games champion athlete. I used to train four hours a day. I mean, you know, this I'm telling everybody else if they don't know, <laughs> I, I used to be here from 11 to three 30 and then I would go work. When I made my transition, I was like, okay, I don't want to do that anymore, but I want to be a professional coach. And I started switching those expectations I would be like, you know, there was a good, you know, year and a half where I was like, well, obviously you're less fit. You're not training nearly as much. I was working out 90 minutes a day, two workouts, still what I do today. But you're like, my friend time's slower. My Diane, my Diane is slower. I, you know, and then you got to separate even your fitness level from who you are as a human. Like I'm not a worse person. I'm not a bad person. And they're like, well, did I do my very best in the gym? Could I have done anything different to give me a better outcome? Am I eating as best as I possibly can? And that doesn't mean perfect, best as you possibly can. You know, I try to eat good food 80% of the time, but I happen to enjoy pizza. <laughs> you know, did I give my absolute best effort to my every day? Everything I'm doing, if I did that, I can't be mad. Right. If you're mad with yourself, you probably didn't do that. And then, you know, in that situation, 
you don't beat yourself up about it, but you say, how do I do better? You know, how, how do I learn from this and, uh, and improve? Right. Again, you can take logical steps to that. Getting upset, you, there's no there's no solution. You're just upset. Right. If you're like, oh, well, I didn't do this. Like, you know, I, I was lazy and I had I had McDonald's on Friday, you know, and my workout was bad Saturday. Well, I was, well, I'll stop being, you know, I'll take steps to try to not be lazy Friday. I'll make my dinner Friday morning along with my breakfast. And right. I'll just have leftover breakfast scramble. And, and going back to being hard on yourself, but not mean, I think this is a great way to tie back into that. It's a, an awesome opportunity then to use that failure as motivation. Say, look, I, I wasn't as disciplined as I need to be. Now, if this goal is important to me, I'm going to do better. I mean, do better every day, sticking to, you know, my, my diet plan, getting in for the workout, whatever it is. Right. Yeah. Well, I, I'll just jump in on that because I was actually going to ask you about the previous negative experiences and it can be in the gym if we want to just use that as maybe a metaphor for life. But I've talked to people, especially nutritionally, who will say, I've tried every diet, I've gone up and down, I know all the stuff, blah, blah, blah. In other words, you can't teach me anything new, and I failed, and that's just where the way it's going to be. You can take that attitude in the gym, you can take that attitude in life. So, And you can even maybe justify it by saying, that's my experience. I mean, it's reality, it's just what I've gone through. So what do you do, or what do you say to somebody who comes to him and say, yeah, but I've got this long resume of failure here that I can lean back on, how do you get into, you know, kind of crack that a little bit and say, well, that was, and this maybe gets back into is, that revisiting idea. Is like, the whole Thomas Edison light bulb thing. Right. Yeah, you might have failed a thousand times. It just means you haven't done it right yet. You know, if if you haven't succeeded with your weight loss goals, it's because you haven't considered the right plan. You know, you, you haven't found the right coach or whatever it is. You know, just because you haven't doesn't haven't done it yet doesn't mean you can't do it. To to Dustin's point, no baby has walked before they start <laughs> right. learning to walk. Right. You know, I've figured out nine hundred ninety nine ways to not make a light bulb, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, yeah, and you know, you go back through and like go through those failures. Why did this one fail? Why did that one fail? And I'm Why willing to bet in that scenario is because. All of them are consistency issues. It'll be it'll be different things. Specifically with diet, it's you know it's usually one of two things. The why isn't strong enough. Like every you know, right? Like mine wasn't strong enough for a long time when I I had that excuse about. Or like Jason said, the consistency. They don't see their results in two weeks, or they do see the results in two weeks and they stop. Right. Both are equally guilty. You know, those fad diets, they'll get you to lose 10 pounds. You're like, oh, I'm good. I lost 10 pounds. Right. And you're like, oh, I can have this because, I, you know, I lost 10. I can have a little treat. And then you slowly just kind of default back into your old habits. Habits are hard to break, harder to form. Interesting thing. I noticed just literally today that I've kind of relaxed a little bit on my discipline when I first, you know, got serious about my diet again, this was about three months ago, I was very good, had a ton of success. Literally just this week, I was, and today, I was like, well, someone brought in some rum cake. And I can't <laughs> imagine it was very healthy. So, well, I've been doing so good, I can justify a little treat. But I did the same thing yesterday. Right. And I probably did the same thing the day very before. Very slippery slope. Right. Very slippery slope. 
um you know and another another thing it's you know back to that like is your why strong enough everybody wants to be a bodybuilder no one wants to lift them heavy ass weights you know it's hard it's hard to you know saying you have a goal and then achieving that goal two very different things everybody says i want to lose this or i want to i want to clean and jerk 315 right why because it seems cool well that's not a real that's not going to be strong enough you're going to the first adverse thing you experience you're going to quit um that or you know a lot of those things really suck you know being in a caloric deficit sucks and you got to have a strong enough why to justify it you can't you know when it's hard when it's you know nine at night and you want that snack you want that pudding cup you want that piece of rum cake you'd be like no I gotta look good for this or I you know my goal is to get to 205 because of this and that 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 this reason has to be it has to be big enough and heavy enough to outweigh the desire for the cake and you can build you can build that habit because to hit on experience that I had this week was well just yesterday was I was sitting around and I had my lunch and I worked out I had my lunch and I'm going I can go for some sugar. Now, I don't keep it around the house for that very reason. But I'm like, you know, it is a five-minute walk down to the gas station across the street, and I can get a Snickers bar, and if, I'll just do it today. I won't do it tomorrow. And so you start to run through those rationalizations. Now, happy ending, I didn't do it, right? But to pick up, I was just thinking as you were saying that, well, why didn't I do it? Like, what was my why? And I think it was just more I've built up, that, and I say this knocking on wood because – you know, the gas station's still there and there's another afternoon we're going through. But it's like, my why is, I know that on the back end, that's not going to be as satisfying as I think it's going to be right now. You know, I was actually going to say, I, I definitely agree about like, you need a strong why, but I, does, I don't think it is exclusively comes down to that. Like, it's just whatever you're able to put in your mind when that, that important moment, that trigger moment comes up. Because I, I know some people, This I heard this one story, for example. She didn't have any specific goal or anything. She just said every time she wanted something like a candy bar, she said, what would a healthy person do? Mm-hmm. And then she just, right. okay, a healthy person would not eat a candy bar. A healthy person would go for a walk. And she this, this person lost like 100 pounds just with the mental... Manifestations. Exactly. Right. So, and, and that's what this all boils down to is what pops into your head you know if we go back to the the dating example right Right. when when that attractive person's in front of you what pops into your head is it oh my god she would never talk to me or you know what this might be the one i'm gonna go i'm gonna start a conversation up um it also kind of you know like we were talking about the higher level thinking in your lizard brain and the food scarcity which you brought up very very briefly our brains are wired for survival 10,000 years ago sugar fats very scarce so when we have them our brain gets lit up with dopamine you get a huge dopamine rush now that it's available everywhere you have to fight that rush that you have to fight that lizard thinking of like oh that's good that will keep me satiated you know that will give me energy so i can run for miles and kill a deer with exhaustion we have to do our use our higher level thinking to like i'm not hunting this afternoon 
I'm going to go broadcast a game. I don't need that candy bar. Right. I don't need that sugar. So this is super interesting. I think this is probably true for like 99% of things. Everything that seems hard in the moment is good for you in the long run. Anything that seems easy in the moment is likely bad right. for you in the long run. Right. You know, saying no to the sweet is hard in the moment, but good for you in the long run. Um, or the opposite, saying yes to it is easy in the moment, but bad for the long run. And it's to your point that modern society has flipped essentially our 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 needs and our you know our bodies what we need to survive 180 degrees in our biological lizard brain hasn't hasn't adapted yet right the cerebellum and and you know fingers crossed it might someday but you know the brain just layers on what's there so i think what we're we're talking about dealing with is just to be mindful that that exists and so many times we get caught up in the ego talk, Timmy speak, whatever you want to call it, right? Where you start to just flow with it and it all of a sudden you're down river with these negative thoughts, whatever they may be, and you didn't even realize you've been started to float. So it's just always kind of keeping custody of your thoughts and that's focusing on the positive ones. You know, get back to talking about the emotions you know, if you get angry, what, what, how do you handle that? And I read one story where, you know, whatever spiritual master, did he get angry? Sure, but he forgot about it right away. Well, most of us can't forget about getting angry right away, but it's a good goal, right? To say whatever it, anxiety, anger, whatever it is, don't dwell on it for too very long because it's going to bring you to places you probably don't want to end up. Right. Um, yeah, and that definitely takes practice. Um, impulse control, you know, those those having those habits and practices in place. Like, if I get mad, you know, well, why am I mad? Is it something I control, can control? If it's something I control, you go talk to the person. I personally, when I get mad, I will wait 10 minutes before I do anything. Not necessarily dwelling on it, but like, is this reaction justified? Most people, which, I mean, this is something you taught me. If you assume they're operating with good intent, they're not actively trying to harm you. Because that's something your ego and your survival brain is like, hey, they're trying to make you not live anymore. (laughs) They're trying to take something from you. You know, if you assume... Well, why would they do that? If they had good intent, why would they maybe take that course of actions? What got miscommunicated? Did something get miscommunicated? Are they actually trying to make my life worse? (laughs) You know, probably not most of the time. Are they having a bad day? You know, if you run into someone on the street and, you know, and you just have a bad interaction or they see them in the store and they're like, you know, just, just a meh person. You know, that's not necessarily with you. Like, maybe it's them. And just taking that, you know, if you can, right, take the 10 minutes. Sometimes if you run into somebody Saturday night at a bar, like, you're going to have to, you're going to have to respond before you'd like. Um, But that was one of the big things I learned as a teenager. Take five, 10 minutes. 
And then usually I even forgot what I was even mad about. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, you, you hit on you hit on that you hit on that topic again of we are not the center of everybody else's universe. <laughs> like our yeah. ego might be the center of our universe, better or for worse, but it's not really for anybody else. And I think sometimes too we don't always fully communicate what we're thinking, feel, and for better, again, for better or for worse, sometimes we shouldn't communicate every single thought that pops into our brain, but how, we don't do a good job communicating. How many times do you think someone's mad at you and you just go to like, hey, dude, I just wanted to check, like, and you know, maybe you think, you know, like I said, they're mad at you and you say, did I do something to upset you? And they're like, oh, no, like, whatever. And it was just a miscommunication, like you said. That happens all the time. And to your point, Pete, if people just communicated better, don't assume that you know they're you did something wrong or or they have this feeling or that feeling about you. Communicate it gets to the bottom of the problem, and then you stop stressing about it. And the flip side of that coin is when somebody does communicate to you, listen to it. <laughs> you right, know what yeah. I mean? Because yeah. I think when I was especially younger, being of the Italian persuasion and having an intense personality at times, um, you. You, you can push the pedal to the metal a little too much. And then it's like, what is, what is this person do? They're not listening to me. So that's another valuable thing I learned over time is if somebody is communicating something to you, to listen to it. But on the other hand, don't assume because there could be a miscommunication there. Right. There's right. a fine line. Another layer to that is uh, listen to understand. Don't listen to respond. Right. Don't listen with the intent of like, oh, I, you know, I'm going to fire back at this person or like, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to prove to them how wrong they are. Try to understand where they're coming from. Um, to backtrack a little bit, to really reveal how, uh, how much we're not involved in other people's lives. How many times have you done something where you're like, oh, everybody's going to remember this forever? Something embarrassing, right? <laughs> I tripped over that desk. Everybody's going to remember that. How many of those instances can you recall right now? zero right because <laughs> it doesn't matter it's embarrassing in the moment but it's gone it's a fleeting right. moment um but yeah listening to understand is huge instead of listening to respond especially if at work during workout like if i'm telling you like hey you got to strip that weight there's no way like you got it like not t- not telling everyone directly like listen to me but you know there's a reason I'm saying it. There's, you know, there's reason people communicate to you. Like they're obviously, even if maybe they are wrong. Right. But if you listen to them, even just understanding, like, you know what? I understand. Like that's, that's rough. You know, um, nine times out of 10 people will feel better just knowing that you listen to their gripe, even if their gripe is unfounded, even if you do nothing about it. Just sit there and listen to them. Just vent and just talk. Even if it takes, you know, time out of your precious day mm-hmm. and screws up your schedule. Sometimes that 30 minutes will change a whole person's perspective. Like, at the very least, they'll be like, okay, this person cares about me. Right. That I mean, that's something I learned very, on, uh, very early on is that people like to talk. And if you just do the courtesy of listening to them, they're going to like you. Um, and it's very easy to, to meet... Um, make friends that way um or just not even make friends but to get people to like you and and enjoy you just listen to what they have to say and hey you might find something interesting now 
I do kind of want to circle back because there, there's Cause one. I was going to open another can of worms well, very okay. hesitantly at this <laughs> okay. stage, but that's okay. Go ahead. Circle well, maybe, back. you know, <laughs> maybe let's peek into the can and we'll determine if we want to go d- dive in well, or not. I, I think I was going to talk more about, um, I don't know if it's expectations or maybe measuring what success actually is. And I think that's good. I, yeah, yeah, let's, let's go into that. And I, I don't remember the exact example I- anymore I was going to go into for that point, but I think sometimes um, the, the timing of, of our expectations, like we think we should be at a certain point. I think you brought up really like, I've been doing this a year and a half, I should be doing this or I should be doing this much better. And we set false deadlines in our mind saying, well, by – the by the end of October I'm going to be here and not that it's not good to have goals but by the end of the year I'm going to be here well there's no reason most of the time why if you didn't get it at the end of December you get it at the end of January well you just screwed everything up with those extra 30 days right and we, we do these false deadlines in our minds that we have no reason why they're there right. other than our preference well uh, it, it boils back to pride and, and how you perceive other people and their perception of you because i used to go through this it goes back to the fran thing fran's coming up i gotta get a two-minute fran (laughs) why no (laughs) is everyone else gonna think i'm not good at crossfit if i don't get a two-minute fran or do i just want to show off right i want people to look at my score and say oh look what he got right you know so i think that's a great point It, it boils down to kind of the goal you have and what what's the ultimate like what what's why are you here if, if it is to be a crossfit games athlete then then that fran is a piece of information a measurement and then we got to figure out where it is and how what we do to get it where it needs to be right because if you have certain goals like to go to the crossfit games then we know you need to have a, a two-minute fran if you want to be competitive. If not, if your goal is just to be healthy for the long term, then it's, dude, did you have fun working out? Did you get sweaty? You know, did you get better today? Sweet. Did you work hard? Yeah. Was your effort good? Um, the other thing, like, the big aspect that I think is often overlooked when making goals and goal setting especially if you're doing it on your own by yourself is that one it has to be quantifiable and it's got to have a timetable but it also has to be realistic i'm not going to back squat 700 pounds in a month can i do it in three years yeah if i focused on it and i put all my eggs into the squat basket sure but a lot of times people will you know make the huge goal and set a timetable that's just that that they might think is realistic but like unless you you know have someone who's been there done that would be able to tell you like going from even like a 400 to 500 pound back squat it's two different worlds you know going from a two minute fran is a whole different world whole different universe than a three minute fran same thing with three to four or you know five to seven right and, and most notably, I think we see that the most when people come in and, you know, oh, I, I have a vacation in, in six weeks and I want to lose 20 pounds. Right. Well, you know, in a, on average, one and a half pounds of weight loss a week is good. So, yeah, you That's have to understand, 
um, what's what's realistic, you know, and you have to consider your lifestyle, you know, to your point, Dusty, if you want to go from a four to 500 pound back squat, uh, does your lifestyle support that? Right. Do, do you work all day and then have multiple children and a wife, you know? Okay. It's going to be a lot yeah. harder. Right. Is your nutrition on point? Is your sleep on point? Are you prioritizing training? Are you going to bed early, having discipline to go to bed early so you can get to the gym before work? Because after work, you're going to be mentally exhausted. You're not going to be able to bring the intensity right. required for that training. Sorry, I, I got another tangent here. It's, but all, it, it's all good. It just popped into my head and it's super interesting, but it, it lives in this world of mindset. And, and this is not, um, I would not say like a, a direct affirmation but so like in the the weightlifting world not the weightlift but just the the um, the powerlifting world think of a gym like west side barbell right um it's very well documented that when someone like a novice powerlifter goes to this gym they get tremendous um improvements in their lift right off the bat because it's kind of like imagine if you're a high school athlete and then you went to like the college program you get in this new environment now maybe you squatted 400 pounds but you're now in this environment where everyone squats 600 pounds and just like osmosis you get better because of that right what do you think is like the mindset that's going on there what what's happening internally so I don't even know if it's internal, but external. It's the, the standards of, you know, like for a gym like Westside, like if you don't back squat 500 pounds, like go to Planet Fitness. They don't care. You know, it's the expectations. It's the outside expectations and the environment that they create that sustains those standards, right? If you go to a five-star versus a two-star restaurant, they get their ingredients from the same grocer. It's the standards that they hold, the cleanliness standards, the preparation standards, right? Same thing with coaching. I can take anybody off the street, teach them 20 minutes, they can pair it a board, and they can get somebody through a workout. But to do it well, to know all the nuances, virtuosity, right? It's that virtuosity. People like athletes at Westside Barbell, virtuosity in squatting. They're not just squatting, they are perfect squatters they're you know every no stone unturned looking for everything and that's the standards they hold that's the mindset of every single person in that gym i guarantee you there's not a single person in that gym that's like oh you know this is hard my life's like they're quickly weeded out right right they they can't survive in that environment the people who do survive are the ones who they join and now oh man i'm a west side barbell right athlete I squat 600 pounds and then they add 150 pounds right. to their back squat because they're know, held to those standards. Right, right. So they start living that way. It becomes part of their subconscious. Like they don't wake up in the morning like, oh, I'm sore. Like, oh man, yesterday was great. Training was great yesterday. I'm sore because training was great. Right. And, and it's, yeah, you, you might be sore when you wake up, but it's all right. I'm excited. What do we have today? Kind of thing. It's two different perspectives. You know, it's that, you know, it's coaching, it's self-coaching the positive. If I wake up and I'm like, 
my hamstrings are torched. There's there's no way I'm doing anything. I take the day off the gym. I don't get less fit. I don't do what what I could have done. It's effort-based, right? I don't, you know, like, oh, my hamstrings are torched. There's no way I can do anything, and I don't do anything. I don't get any better. You're like, okay, well, my hamstrings are torched. I'm going to squat what I can. On a, on a good day, you know, maybe 315 doesn't feel heavy, but I go in and I squat. I'm like, I'm going to do my little three-by-three, three, and it feels like a house, but I do it. Even if you don't necessarily make the physical gains that day, you make the ment you know, you practiced the discipline, you practiced, okay, you know, the positive self-talk, the positive self-coaching, and you did the thing, you got a little bit better. I, I have a, a question. Yeah. And maybe we'll all kind of take a turn at this. How do you mid-workout stay positive? Great question. It's, uh, for me, it's done well before. You, you're not going to, you know, just like if you if you back squat, keep going back to this back squat, you're not going to go to the bottom of the squat, get your core tight and stand that up. You got to get tight before, as soon as your hands touch the bar, before you take it out of the rack, your core, quads, everything have to be engaged. You have to be mentally like, hey, you have to realize it's probably going to suck. It's going to burn. You know, you have to acknowledge the adversity and then mid-workout, it's not a surprise. And you're not like, oh my God, this is terrible. You're like, okay, I knew this was going to be bad. But I, you know, just like going to the dentist, you know, you, it's probably going to be bad. It's probably going to be a little painful. But I'm going to feel so much better after, you know, acknowledging that. Okay, I'm going to, you know, it sucks right now. Do what I can. I'm, you know, if you look at yesterday's workout, those big giant sets of 75 alternating dumbbell snatches. Okay, I'm going to, you know, I don't care what Dusty says when he's briefing this workout. I'm going to do 25, 20, 15, whatever your sets are. Five sets of 15. I'm going to take 20-second breaks in between. I'm going to stick to that. No matter, and when it sucks, you're like, okay, I have my plan. I'm going to do it. That's one way I do it. Um, another way is coaching the positive, right? If you're thinking like, oh, I really don't, you know, these burpee box jump overs, my legs are heavy. I don't want to hit the box. I don't want to hit the box. You're going to hit the box. <laughs> you know, you're subconsciously putting in your head. It doesn't hear. I don't, I do not want to hit the box. It hears hit box, fail jump, right? I'm going to land on top of this box. I want to jump, you know, not so much focusing on what you don't want to do, but how you want it to go. And even if you don't get there, you're probably going to be better off than stitches in an ER visit. You know, you know, they might suck. You might take longer to get on top of that box, but you're like, okay, I'm going to land on top of this box. Not, I don't want to hit the box. I don't want to miss. I don't want to miss. You're saying, I'm going to jump on top of the box. Then your subconscious hears top of box jump. <laughs> you know, you're not thinking about, oh, my legs are so heavy. You're thinking I'm jumping so high. Yeah. A couple ways I do it. I like that. For me, for me, the big thing is not setting myself up for failure. So as you mentioned, you know, big part of that is coming up with a plan beforehand. Um, and I like putting things into like bite-sized chunks, you know, so, so think about a workout like Karen, 150 wall balls yep. for time. 
when you think about 150 watt like that sucks no one wants to think about that <laughs> right but what you do is you break it down um so i don't even think that's the best example but if there's a workout with like 50 wall balls i don't go into it thinking i'm doing 50 wall balls right i think about like i'm gonna do 20 wall balls and then when 20 are done now i'm gonna do two sets of 15 and then those two sets of 15 are pretty easy to think about compared right. to man i gotta go do a set of 50 right um so always just keeping whatever you have to do in you know a, a way think think about it in a way that is not going to intimidate you or or like make you afraid or or beat yourself up about it because if you break it down to small like anybody can do even if it's sets of 10 like anyone can get up and do a set of 10 wall balls right right i think people get into trouble when they don't have a plan and then they they go like too hard and too fast and they go oh shit what do i do now and, and then it's just hands on their hips and rest come up with the plan figure out how to make it easier than you think right because that's a big thing too is the right. perceived effort if you're going through a workout and it's not quite as hard as you thought it was going to be then you're feeling good right you're like man I, I got it. this right and if you can get halfway through the workout feeling that way then the second half you can kind of turn it on that's a big thing and I, I like i tell my classes like ease into this workout it's a long thing don't go you know don't go too hot right um just like tips and tricks to to make it seem shorter or easier and less daunting really um yeah perspective is a huge thing um one rep at a, i mean sometimes for some things it could even be one rep at a time if you have like a workout that's like bookended by 30 clean and jerks like obviously the second set of 30 clean and jerks after all the work in the middle is going to be much worse just if you you know one thing it doesn't work with every movement like obviously this wouldn't work for like rowing or biking one rep at a time focus on the one rep before you know it you're at 10 before you know it you're at 21 right i disagree i do that on the bike sometimes if you're doing calories you know you, i was thinking meters and distance yeah, like rowing. do one calorie i got today's workout stuck in my head <laughs> but um just one but more meter could, yeah no you know like like that would be miserable but like one cat you know one calorie that does work or be you know you're at five calories and then before you know it, you're at 10 and then right. you know you're at 15 um removing those expectations and focusing on the effort you're putting in and the task at hand and not letting yourself get wrapped up in the emotions because because a lot of times when it gets uncomfortable when your your adrenaline's going you're at a high heart rate what does your body think you're fighting for survival calming that down calming the you know consciously acknowledging okay i'm not i'm just uncomfortable my life is not in danger and one you know those few reps at a time one task at a time your workouts will go much better a lot of times people will let their heart rate get out of control because for all intensive purposes they will panic like even if they're not consciously panicking your heart rate's going to be up your adrenaline's going you're sweating your body doesn't like that you know it's made to be comfortable like calm resting heart rate 60 beats per minute like so if you can take those emotions out of it and again, approach it logically, like, 
not oh my god this sucks or even if you know even on opposite of that like oh this is going so great like sometimes you got to temper that too if you're like oh i'm gonna kill this like if it's a five round workout and it feels good that first round and you're like oh i'm gonna kill this and you go too fast then you're then that's the worst case scenario because now you're now not only does the second round hurt it feels miserable because you're like i was doing so good and now i'm not uh, an interesting thing that I've been doing and, and, uh, kind of when, when I'm lifting heavy is I imagine that the bar is twice as heavy. So if I have 225 pounds on a bar, I imagine it's what's double that 450 yeah. pounds. And so in my head, I'm like, holy shit, this is 450 pounds on this bar. Like I need to be ready to bring it. Like I can't just play around. And then I kind of get that fight or flight you know it doesn't work so well in a workout scenario because you know you needed to kind of do different tasks but i get i get my mindset thinking i'm about to lift you know way more than i ever have before and that's the perception thing it's it's really not so i pick it up and i go okay i was expecting this to be twice as heavy and it's not that bad so it's easier than to complete it right I really, I really like that. Not emotionalizing and internalizing it, yeah. because there is there is a way, and and usually what'll happen for me is I'll be I'll be at work in the morning and I'll go through traffic, get here, and then I forget about that stuff because I'll start the warm up, we'll do the first part of the workout, and inevitably there's a moment where the outside world piles back into my mind, and so it's almost like then the workout becomes the distraction from the other stuff. On the other hand, there are days where it's like you're doing maybe particular movements you don't like so much, uh, running, and um, and you 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 just have to you want to be mindful of what you're doing because you don't want to hurt yourself or run. You know, there's a car coming <laughs> as you're crossing the street. But on the other hand, you don't want to be like, oh my god, my life is over. It's terrible. <laughs> so you you have to be mindful of it. But part of the way I would define mindfulness is that detached emotional part of it. So your brain and your mind is engaged, but your emotions aren't necessarily engaged as well. Yeah. You go. I was going to say, I I just kind of, I think about that and like just letting yourself not be good at something. It's okay. You're going to struggle. You might not be great at running, but you're not going to get better at it if, if you don't come because of that allow yourself to be bad and and work on it it's fine if you go slow you know it's fine if you go slow or you go through progressions in a gymnastics movement no one's judging you you're not going to get but you're definitely not going to get better if you don't come and you don't do them so the ultimate version of what you're talking about pete is called the flow state the flow state if you've ever heard of that you're you know you're not emotional uh your emotions aren't attached you're going through even your perceived effort, it's low, right? And you're you're doing the workout. You're just, you're really you know just kind of counting those reps. One, two, three. You, you don't hear the music. You don't think about time. Right. You're just in the zone before doing. Before you know it, you're done. And then when you stop, all the pain and stuff sets in. But that is the ultimate state of that. With practice, you can achieve that. And, and not even all the time. Um, it's all also often referred to as the zone. If you just watch basketball, football, or like anything like, and they're just don't miss. And they're just, they look like they're playing with little, you know, sixth graders on the football field. Like, 
or if anyone can relate to it if you've ever been working and you just you're maybe you're doing a project that you really enjoy and you look at your phone or your clock and it's like two hours have flown by that's that's what does he's talking that's the zone or the flow right. state and where you're not even consciously thinking about what you're doing anymore you're thinking about the process mm-hmm. like if you like with that work example you're okay i'm doing a, a boring ass spreadsheet right you just numbers you're putting in the formulas you're doing the math and it's just you're typing you're you know you're just thinking about one task at a time one thing at a time okay i got this 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 and you almost let you turn the like conscious thinking off almost and your body is really working it's doing the work for you almost it's almost like you're you're just in the passenger seat along for the ride some might call it the ultra instinct yeah, well, I was going to say, if there's any Dragon Ball Z fans, uh, <laughs> Ultra Instinct is highly based off of it. You're no longer thinking. You're, Pete's thinking what are you're these? Not, yeah, you're not, you know. Um, um, fun fact for you, Pete. Those of us who got into working out at a very young age was because we wanted to to turn into Dragon Ball Z super superheroes. Saiyans. I so, wanted to be Vegeta. Um, I still want to be Vegeta. Anywho, <laughs> yeah, no, f- the flow state when you're in a workout, that's when you're like, man, I'm killing it. I feel like we've been in something like the flow state here for the past hour and 15 minutes as we've here, been having here's this conversation. The thing about so. the flow state, though, talking about in workout, you can't get there if you're. Uh, okay, so think about like if you're watching a CrossFit workout with like. Know, the elite the crossfit games athletes they look like they're doing everything effortlessly um they're able to do that because for the majority of what they're doing it's it's like the weights are are so light for them and just the work is not the same as we comprehend it okay so if we have a workout and you're, you're not at a level to our exit but you do it anyways you're not going to get into that flow state because you know you're struggling through whatever it is if you want to get in that flow state it has to be something that you know you have to be confident that you can handle it and and you can you know crush it you know quote unquote um that means you have to set yourself up for success and do what you know you can do so if you're working on a weakness like if gymnastics is not a strength you're probably not going to get in flow state during gymnastics because you're deliberately working on improving it Right. Um, that's the biggest thing is there can't be conscious effort. If you're, th- you know, if you're like, if you have to try, like not try, cause you have to try, but like, if you have to consciously think like, okay, this is heavy. Or like Jason was saying, if you have even a shred of a doubt of your ability to lift or do the thing, whatever it may be, whatever movement, you're not going to do it. Um, if you have to consciously think, like if you're rowing a 2k and you have to consciously put effort in to row at a 145 you'll never get into the flow state during rowing you might be able to do it at two minutes a two minute split but not at 145 you're gonna be you know it's gonna be hard the whole time but what you talked about the games athletes making workouts look effortless and then if you like they make it look so easy that you can that oh anybody could do this you know um, and then you go to try it and you're like, oh my God. <laughs> right, right. Like that um, like that workout that was the ladder of 10 wall walks, 10 thrusters down to one. 
um, you know, they made it look easy. They made 185-pound thrusters look easy. And if for anybody who's done a thruster, you know it's not easy. You're like, how'd they do that? They didn't have any doubt in themselves. They didn't, like, oh, man, you know, this workout's going to hurt so bad. They don't say that to themselves. They're, okay, you know, get through this 10, you know, take actionable steps. Okay, I'm going to get through this 10. I might have to break up the 9 or off to the races. It's, you know, back to that positive self-talk. They don't put their emotions at, like, something goes wrong. I mean, I've seen a few meltdowns watching the games. But those but are not the, the people the, who are... The vast majority right. of times, if something goes wrong, it's okay. I thought I was going to be able to split this nine up into five, four. I'm going to have to do three sets of three. It's not, oh, this workout is, this workout sucks. I'm not, you know, I'm going to take a smiley face on the board because I didn't do what I wanted to do today. I'm going to, you know, take the weight down. I'm going to do three sets of three. I'm going to keep moving. I'm going to do the best I can. Again, effort-based, right? Put as much effort in as I can. And if I, even if you time cap. Even if you're like, yeah, my my time was fifteen twenty, you're gonna be better off, and you're practicing those mental and emotional skills to be better for the next time for when something inevitably doesn't go the way you want it to. Um, sometimes physically working out can actually provide more mental benefits than physical, because not only are you now more well equipped to perform workouts better. You can take that thinking, those skills, into any aspect of work, the grocery store. See what he's doing? He tied it into the very first thing we were talking about. I'm a professional. (laughs) And uh, probably a good spot to make that tie back to the beginning of the podcast, which uh, um, a wide-ranging conversation. But like I say, I, I think there are so many different aspects to this that aren't linear in practice, we shouldn't think the conversation about them is going to be in a straight line either. So that being said, let's see if we can put a little bit of a bow on top of the of the present here yeah. that we've wrapped up for everybody with um, maybe just a few final thoughts or some parting words, whatever you want to have people stick on the, uh, on the keep on the sticky side of their brain after this. My, my couple final points are, you know, we hit on these during the, the talk, but um, first, what what is the main goal or the main purpose? And let that kind of guide you, you know, like in, in my personal life, I, I don't compete anymore. I would like to, but I know it's, you know, going back to being realistic. Um, if I do, it's just for fun. And so I don't put pressure on myself for my performance. The goal is now just to work out because that's what healthy people do, right? Now I'm just, I'm, I'm trying to maximize my health for the long term and kind of going back to West Side Barbell people, they squat 600 pounds. That's just what they do. That's what healthy people do. We just work out and, and it doesn't have to be a big emotional thing. Um, you know, I have my own goals within but at the end of the day, I'm just working out to, to enjoy it and to be healthy. Um, and then finally, let's say, you know, Dusty talked a lot about this is, is don't put your self-worth, don't attach it to the results. Um, attach your self-worth to 
the process. You know, are you doing what you said you're going to do? You know, are you sticking to your plan? Are you being consistent? And if you are, then I mean, that's something you should be proud of. And what happens more times than not is when you're sticking to the plan, assuming it's the right plan, you end up where you want to be. Um, my final thoughts here. Um, yeah, <laughs> everything that I've talked about during this whole, every mental aspect, every, it takes so much practice. Um, I almost wish there was some sort of time capsule so I could show people like where I started from mentally. Everybody I would like to think knows me as this cool, calm, collected, even keel, nothing shakes them. No, no, uh, no situation is too large. Um, I was not always that. Um, it took a lot of years and a lot of practice and a lot of faults, a lot of failures to get to where I am now. And to this day, it's a daily practice of my emotional state, managing my ego, managing my perception versus reality. Um, and that it is hard. You will fail. You will, you know, make mistakes. But it is so worth it if you keep practicing, if you master these emotional and mental aspects. Um, and I guess the last thing is like it is hard because you can't see it. It's rep, you know, it's one of those things where like, you know it when you see it, when you see someone that has their mind mastered and that mental calmness, like you can, you know, you pick it out of a crowd, but it is so hard to work on because it's not concrete. It's always, it's, you know, for lack of term, like it is abstract. You can't see it. You can feel it. You can hear it. You can see it, but. Or you can't see it, but you know what I mean. You could feel it and you can hear it. You could see it in other people, but you can't see it in yourself. I, I think that's it. Dusty, I'm going to uh, take the liberty of inviting you back for a future podcast because there, there's more questions I want to ask you, <laughs> and, but we're 90 minutes should, into should this. Should we turn thing. this into a Joe Rogan episode? Yeah, I mean, we're, we're, reaching, we're reaching to that point um, because you brought up you know, adversity, and that's a whole other conversation, yeah. overcoming adversity, which uh, is, again, I think we can get a metaphor from CrossFit or from the gym and work that out into life. So that'll come, out, come up in a future uh, podcast whenever we can snag Dusty back in here. Uh, thanks for, uh, for sticking around, for downloading us and uh, for listening today. Make sure whatever p platform you're on, hit subscribe, leave a nice review. Say nice things about Coach Dusty. He'll, he'll read them all, I'm sure. And uh, and tell your friends because this is uh, our number one marketing plan around here. Now, Jason, if people want to get more information about Harbor Park Health and Fitness or about you or Dusty or the podcast, how can they do that? The easiest way would probably be hop on the good old Facebook and, and search for us there. Um, you can contact us there or you can shoot us an email at um, heyhealthmatters at gmail.com. Um, we'd love to hear from you. Yeah, put in a plug for that social media because more and more content all the time, gym-based content, um, and there's exciting things happening around here. So if you want to keep up with what's happening and when, 
follow, like, do what you got to do, and uh, and you'll be on top of everything we're doing here. So that's going to do it for us. Uh, depending on when you're listening to this podcast, go pack, go, <laughs> and uh, and we will catch up with you next time, guys. Thanks so much. Appreciate this. Have a have a have a great uh, rest of your day. Stay safe and healthy out there. Remember, hey, health matters.